episode number 209 of the Emotionally Equipped Podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're listening to, I am the author of the books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. These books are based on two self-help tools I created that support you in getting unstuck and getting clear so you can live deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So we're focusing on the word joy this month. Last week, I spoke about the two kinds of ways that we can experience joy or where joy comes from. And I specifically focused on speaking about quasi-pleasures. If you haven't yet tuned into that episode, please hit pause right now. Go back and listen to that episode first, because this episode is really going to make so much more sense, only if you hear and appreciate that episode first. So last week I spoke about quasi-pleasures, and as a brief recap, quasi-pleasures are things that are outside of us that bring us joy, but that joy is temporary and it doesn't really increase your overall feelings of inner joy and happiness. We all experience and unconsciously depend on quasi-pleasures in our lives. We often use these quasi-pleasures when we're not feeling our best, like when we're feeling stressed or anxious or upset about something, and we turn to these quasi-pleasures so that we can feel better like overeating, overdrinking, smoking, gambling, porn, shopping, social media, overuse of your cell phone, overworking. There's just a few examples. Each and every one of us does these things in our lives, either knowingly or unknowingly. Now, before I go on, I do want to make sure it's clear that I'm not promoting asceticism. I don't believe we as humans were created to be ascetics, like not experiencing joy and pleasure in our lives. I 100% do believe that we were meant to experience and create joy for ourselves. I simply don't believe we were meant to overindulge in pleasures. And that is what I believe most of us have fallen into the trap of doing in our lives. Because this is what happens. Let's take a look at how the brain works. I did a deep dive into sharing about the lower brain and the upper brain in episodes 146 and 147, respectively. So you can go back and tune into those if you'd like. But as a short recap, you can look at the human brain as being comprised of two parts. The lower brain, which is also known as the primitive brain, and the upper brain. The role of the lower brain, which sits at the base of the skull, is primarily concerned with survival. It takes care of all of your bodily needs, all of your autonomic systems, like breathing, for example, and it does its best to keep you out of harm's way. The lower brain will do everything it can to avoid pain and avoid suffering, and it's going to do everything it can to experience pleasure. That's the job of the lower brain. And again, it does this for survival purposes. If you didn't have a lower brain, you wouldn't be able to run away from a hungry lion. The problem is most people are not experiencing hungry lions in their lives anymore. 
But instead, we have these metaphorical hungry lines in our lives, right? Like stress and difficult relationships and work. And so the mind reacts to those stressors in the same exact way it did when we were cavemen avoiding the lions. We run away from them and turn to pleasurable experiences instead. So in the day and age that we live, we turn to our phones or food or drinking or any of the other ways I already mentioned in order to avoid having to feel pain and suffering. Can you see this in your life or maybe in the life of other people? This is how we live. We all do this because we all have a lower brain. The problem is that unlike the cavemen where the lions were chasing us in a temporary manner, the stressors that we face in our lives are not temporary. In fact, they're quite ongoing. And so while experiencing a quasi-pleasure once in a while is really not a bad thing, overindulging in them because we're constantly being hit with these stressors can and do literally numb us from experiencing pure joy. And this is the other way to experience joy or pleasure. It's what I call pure joy. And it doesn't come from outside of you. Its source is not a chemical like food or alcohol or drugs, and it's not even people outside of you that give you words of praise or acknowledgement or appreciation, which of course they feel great, but it's actually something much deeper than that. But before we get into that, I'd like to challenge you for a moment. I'd like you to take an honest look at your life and notice one specific quasi-pleasure that you experience on a regular basis. What do you do that brings you a sense of joy or happiness or pleasure or even calm, but it's temporary and it doesn't necessarily increase your overall feelings of happiness and joy in your life? Remember, we all do this, so be honest with yourself and bring to mind that one thing. Now, I'd like you to imagine having that thing taken away from you, or imagine that thing simply doesn't exist anymore. What would happen in your life? My guess is that for the first little bit of time, it could be a few days or a few weeks, I don't know, but that for the first little bit of time, you're gonna feel really uncomfortable. Let's use the example of a morning cup of coffee. Now again, I am not promoting asceticism. I am not saying don't drink coffee if that's what you do. I'm simply using it as an example because it's just what came to my mind right now. So let's say you drink one cup of coffee every morning. What would happen if one day there was no coffee left in the cupboard? Or to exaggerate the situation even more, let's say there was no coffee left in the supermarket or even in the world, right? Coffee just didn't exist one day. What would happen to you? My guess is for the first few days, your body would have a physical reaction to the withdrawal. You may feel anxious and not happy, and maybe you'd even feel afraid. But if you continue without the coffee for a little bit more time, what probably will end up happening is that your body will get used to not drinking the coffee because our bodies are highly adaptable. But more than that, you might experience something else. Let me explain. Let's say your morning routine is to make a cup of coffee and then you sit at the kitchen table drinking your coffee while you're scrolling through your phone and you're checking your email and browsing through social media. 
If you suddenly don't have your coffee routine anymore, you may be forced to rethink how you want to start your day. Instead, you may make yourself a hot cup of water with squeezed lemon that you just picked from your garden. And instead of sitting with your phone, you may go outside and sit on the porch, just you and your mug of hot water. And you may appreciate the taste of that lemon water, something you haven't had for a long, long time. And you may appreciate the sound of the birds chirping outside because you haven't heard them in a while. And you may enjoy simply feeling relaxed and at ease without holding your phone in your hand. And this whole experience not only feels so good to you, it actually lasts for quite a while. And suddenly you become grateful for being alive, for your health, for what you do have in your life. That is pure joy. It's a joy that comes from within you. It's a joy from appreciation and gratitude and present-mindedness. That joy doesn't come from outside of you. It's a joy that you create from within your own mind. And this kind of joy does increase your overall feelings of pleasure in your life because it comes from a much deeper place. That kind of joy is accessible to all of us. The problem is we don't usually access it because we are blinded by all the other quasi-pleasures that exist in our lives. For many of us, we're not even close to touching that kind of divine joy because we're too busy stuffing ourselves with external pleasures that give us many boosts of temporary joy. And it's interesting if you stop to think about it. If pure joy is accessible to us at all times, you may wonder to yourself, why don't we access it more? Why do we stay stuck in these quasi-pleasures if they don't bring us pure joy? And to find that answer, we have to go back to understanding the lower brain. The lower brain's job is to work as efficiently as possible, which is to say to do as many things as unconsciously as possible in order to survive. Even though the quasi-pleasures you have in your life are not necessarily bringing you pure joy, they are patterns that your mind is used to thinking. And it's much easier for the mind to stay in historical patterns of thinking than it is to break them and create new patterns of thinking. Creating new patterns in your brain, like new ways of thinking, new behaviors, that takes a lot of mental energy, a lot. And so the mind unconsciously sticks to what it knows best, even if it doesn't lead to long-lasting joy. We all do this, even me. And so the idea is to wake up to what your patterns are. What are the ways that you are overindulging in quasi-pleasures? And from that place, decide where you may want to reduce or even eliminate completely those quasi-pleasures in order to access your true self and pure joy. When I reduce the quasi-pleasures in my life, you know what happens? I have more time, for one thing. I have a lot more time, actually. And I spend that time with the people who are the most important to me. And you know what else happens? I feel more calm. I feel more present. I feel more appreciative. I feel more alive. 
I'm not numbing myself. And so I literally feel more awake to pure joy, to smells and to colors and to the sound of my child playing the clarinet and to the warm hugs from friends. That's what happens when your mind isn't stuck in overindulging in quasi-pleasures. And I have to say, it's divine. I posted on Facebook the other day asking people how they create pure joy in their lives. One woman, Gital, who lives in Israel, who has participated in my journey program, responded and she gave me permission to share her response. She said, spending time with my kids, taking a walk with my husband, smelling the ocean, reading a good book, reminiscing with my sister, laughing with my brother, cradling my grandson, dancing, playing with my friends, making my mother smile, giving thanks to God. And these are fantastic examples. Even though you could say to me that for some of those examples, it sounds like the joy is coming from outside of her. But the way that I see it, she's creating the joy from within her, from her choice to be joyful in those situations. It's the attitude of joy. And there's a difference. And by the way, it's actually one of the reasons that when I lead my retreats, which I haven't done in a while because of COVID, but I'm seriously thinking about putting one or two together this summer. But when I lead my retreats, I facilitate them mostly as silent retreats. And this can feel kind of shocking at first if you've never participated in something like this before. But what it does is it reduces the quasi pleasure of overindulging in small talk and feeling the need to fill in words from a place of maybe feeling uncomfortable. Again, something that we all do. And so while the schedule on my retreats is full with chanting and yoga and journaling time and many other things, it's not focused on talking. And when I've received testimonials in the past from these retreats, it's actually the silence that people remark about most. It's the ability to get away from the noise of everyday life, the literal noise, but also the quasi-pleasure noise. And then you're simply left with yourself and maybe a little bit of discomfort, but that discomfort passes and you begin to experience pure joy in so many ways. It's also a reason that I haven't hosted retreats in very fancy hotels or with expensive catering. I could, but I haven't, and I don't plan to in the near future because I'm not looking to introduce more quasi-pleasures into the lives of the people who attend, but rather offer them an experience of creating pure joy. So when it comes to creating pure joy in your life, I do believe there needs to be an element of constraint to balance everything. I don't believe we were meant to overindulge. I'm actually in the midst of introducing some constraints in my life, both personally and professionally, in several areas, including eating and working and social media. And I'll share more in detail with you when I do my episode focusing specifically on constraint. And I'll share that how by doing so, it's really opening my world up in so many ways. So you can watch for that episode in the near future. But for now, I'd like to ask you, where in your world may you be interested to reduce or eliminate a quasi-pleasure in your life? Where are you looking to move forward in your life, but this quasi-pleasure is holding you back? Where are you looking to create more balance or more presence or awareness or gratitude or groundedness, but this quasi-pleasure is keeping you stuck and holding you back? 
what would it look like if you reduced or eliminated that quasi-pleasure? Can you envision it? What would you need to set up in place in order for that to happen? Maybe it's working with a coach like me. Maybe it's joining a community of like-minded folk. Don't forget, you are the only one who can ultimately get you unstuck. No one can do that for you. And while the work is simple, it's not always easy. Okay, my dear friends, the doors to the Emotionally Equipped Journey, my six-week course, are now open. We begin May 23rd. Please be sure you are subscribed to my newsletter to receive information about the course, to learn about the early bird special, and to learn about the community that I'm currently creating, the Emotionally Equipped Circle, which is open specifically to the people who have completed the journey and they are ready to start taking full responsibility for their lives and their relationships and creating the lives that they want to live. It's all so very exciting and I welcome you to be a part of it all. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, wishing you a wonderful rest of your week and always I look forward to getting emotionally equipped with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Emotionally Equipped Podcast. It is my honor and privilege to be able to show up here each week for you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to start applying this work to your own life, you have to check out the Emotionally Equipped Journey. This is my six-week group course where you study my tools in depth with me so that you can become emotionally empowered in your life and in your relationships. Head over to my website, shiragora.com for more details and to sign up for the waiting list for the next journey. I look forward to starting this journey with you.